good Thursday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Thursday Night Throwdown. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Sitting in with, I'm not even going to do it to him. I'm not even going to do I was getting ready to say the non-Luther is knowing songs, man. But sitting in with the one and only Midnight Rider, the boss BJ, the man that keeps these beautiful lights on. I think he, he's starting to pay for LED lights, ladies and gentlemen. I ain't blown a light bulb in, in months. So, first and foremost, how y'all fellas doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm here. I'm not mad at it. Feeling good. Feeling great. Well, I need, I need one of these parlays, man. I am like, there's a guy on Facebook, on Twitter. I think his name is like um, four out of five on a parlay or... Something like that. One leg. Missed by one leg is what his name is. That's me right now. That is me. Is it that bad? Bro, if I send you the stuff, I, I got screenshots of the results from the day, man. It's 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 pretty pretty annoying. Mm. But I got Shohei going tonight, so I'll take is Shohei. And then I got another thing, best special. I call it Kuna Matata. So, of course, the Kuna Matata is for Ronald Acuna. So, most of the time I get them to get a hit, a home run, and then the Braves to win and like strikeouts with that pitcher. The Otani is him to get strikeouts, a home run, a hit. And then there's two other things like two strikeouts or whatever for the other pitcher and a couple players getting hits. But yeah. That's enough of that. I'm sorry. Well, we 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 always got to keep it keep the betting lines open. Uh, we proved for the last what since 2018. What we in? This is year five, going into six. We proved that if you bet with us, that's where the money lies. Let's just let's call that where what it is, because take everybody, especially during football season, take everybody that's on TV, take all their records. Take all of our records when we, we do our picks every Sunday. Even when I was keeping notes in the book, nobody had as many wins as we had. We were finishing sometimes with 200 wins on the season, a piece. And that's not including playoffs. No, nobody, nobody was messing. Nobody does it better than we do. Come on now. Now we're going to take a trip around D.C., and then we're going to leave and we're going to go out west. And then we're going to come back. But Bradley Beal has been in discussion with the Wizards front office about possible trading landing spots. He holds the keys to the castle. Let's just say that this light is blinding my ass. But uh, a lot of sentiments that the boss BJ has been talking about for quite some time are being said by a lot of local folks about how Bill's a second-rate star. Not a superstar, a second-rate star, but he has the control over his destination like this. It's not warranted, not fair. But I'm going to ask you two gentlemen, uh, to the boss first, if you can hear me, this is a personal shot. Where are you driving Bill to to get him out of town? If you guys, can you guys hear me? Yep. 
Okay. Um, trying to be a responsible basketball fan and not be, you know, not be in my personal, if that makes sense. Um, Give us the corporate first. Corporate answer. Uh, the corporate answer is um, we're going to make the best decision for the franchise and we can still build what we need to build and be competitive going forward. <laughs> but the balls B answer is look, I don't care where he goes. Milwaukee, Miami, I know that this guy has to go somewhere where he can be the second or the third guy. That's what I've been saying for the last couple of years. Um, and I, I don't wish this guy no ill will. I don't wish him um, anything like that. I just know that it frustrates me that if this trade was to never happen, this guy would be okay sitting here rotting and losing. He would he would never say anything. He would not 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 a word. That I think that's what bothers me the most is that he's okay and comfortable with being a ten seed and going home, spending time collecting his check. Um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that a guy that didn't make all NBA first or second team has this type of clause in his contract where not only will he gets to the, the no trade clause, but he gets to kind of approve the package. I, I just, for a guy that hasn't busted a grape is a, is a bad term. Like he hasn't even went shopping for the damn grapes. Like for him to have that type of power, like, I see why Tommy Shepard's gone and a host a host of other things that he, he he was responsible for. Like this is utter madness. But I'm not gonna dwell on the negative. I'm gonna dwell on the positive. This is going to happen. Um I feel good that I go across social media platforms and I see that guys that get paid far more than what we do to talk sports agree with what I've been saying about Bradley Bill. Um, and then you still you still have some some people that feel like Washington's holding him back, and to a degree they are because the Washington franchise is a bad franchise, and the Midnight Riders said it before. Until this franchise has uh, people that hold everybody from top to bottom accountable, you're going to keep having these mistakes. Now, I think the first as a Wizards fan, I speak for me. I don't I don't speak for everybody. But me as a Wizards fan, I think the first step to getting me to kind of like look at the line across, I'm not, I'm not crossing, I'm still across the street. And I was mowing my mowing my lawn, I had my headphones on, but I turned around and looked at the line across back to maybe coming to a game, is them having the balls to, to put this out there and be like, hey, you know, we we he gotta go. And and they're, and they're saying it the corporate way, they're saying it the nice way. But now he, we we we're gonna do a full rebuild. He's the first piece that has to go. And I think, I think these basketball people that Ted Leons has brought in recognize the. I don't want to say that word. I don't want to say that word. Recognize the, uh, the entanglement that Bradley Bill presents to the Wizard. If that makes sense, I don't want to say the c word because that's uh, that's not. I don't really don't like using that word. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, I'm 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 happy as a Wizards fan. I know Midnight Rider told me the other day, man, like you gotta you gotta you gotta look positive, you gotta look forward. This is a good, and he's right, and this is turning out to be a really good. Like this is this the this this is the Stone Age where they they're pushing their stuff around with the rectangular wheel, and if somebody comes along, chips chips a part of it away, and it's it's circular, and they're looking at each other like if we do all all these points. We can have a full wheel, and everybody's looking at each other like, "Ooga booga, oh, let's do it!" And that—that's what this is. And I'm—I'm I'm, as a Wizards fan, like I'm—I'm I'm happy. My antenna is up; it's not on yet. It's up though. I put it back up, and I'm ready to see what happens with draft. Is in what? Uh, when's draft? A couple weeks? Next week? When is the draft? Give me one second. I got you. Thursday is the 22nd. Oh, it's next week. Okay, okay. So, yeah, draft yeah, next week. week. So, I think the last show I was saying, I think this is going to be a, a one of them deals that happened either on draft day or before draft day. I think they would want it to happen before draft day so that they can establish where they are, if they're going to get top three, or they're going to get multiple picks so they can start doing their homework and due diligence to get the players they need to, to come in here and rebuild this thing. Midnight so, no, I, like I, I've said this a couple times before already. Um, if they're ready to make the move, make the move. Um, I think Brad moving period represents a, a rebuild to, to the fullest extent. Um, when he gets back, that becomes the question because you do, you did say he controls kind of what they get back in the package. Um, but the other thing is you're not going to be – I heard a fan on the radio talking about um, only getting picks, but I think people forgetting that you got to make this money match to some way. So you're going to get somebody back that you're not going to want, and it's not going to be um, somebody that you really have good hopes for as a basketball player. You know, you might end up with a um, with a Tobias Harris. You might end up with a Chris Middleton coming back in, in exchange. Um, you know, those are just the two names off the top of my head, but – you might get somebody with a contract because that contract is, is what's needed to make the deal work. Um, in terms of the future for the Wizards, I think it's bright because I think you have people in place that that are going to change. Um, I saw an interview with Wes Jr. Um, with Hoffman, and he talked. He used the word, and it's the best word. I, um, and then BJ kind of almost flirted with this word, but they're going to modernize this franchise. They're going to try to do things and make this team better in a more modern way. So you're going to see some improvements to the facilities. You're going to see some improvements to their training staff. Like this thing is going to get overhauled in a way that you're going to see almost a new franchise coming out of this because of the things that they have in place they've had in other places. And now we got to get that same thing um, here. We got to emulate what we had before. So that's definitely one of the changes you're going to get. And then um, I'll go ahead and give the rest of my time to the um, distinguished gentleman to my left to finish this out. Well, I'm going to keep saying the same thing over and over. Everybody comes to here, whether you're drafted, whether you're signed, and it's always the same thing. Oh, they got to cut the shackles off me. They got to cut the shackles off me. And I said it in our group chat. 
I said, think about everybody that's come through here and they felt people feel like they're shackled. You got half the fan base feeling like he's shackled. The other half is like, he's just not that good. You do everything he wants you to do for him to thrive and you still fail. He had the green light two seasons ago. Led the league in scoring, but didn't produce no wins. And when the team needed him most, he shut himself down. And it seems like when the team needs him the most, he shuts himself down. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not questioning that man's intestinal fortitude, his testicular fortitude, or his fortitude, period. But once they got invited to the bubble in 2020, and he decided to shut it down because his shoulder was hurt, when them young cats needed you the most, I was like, it's done here. The handwriting on the wall was the exit interviews at the end of this season. Corey Kispert. Things that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie said. The the Those things right there is the handwriting on the wall. You cannot go in to the 23-24 season with Bradley Beal on this roster. And it's not, it's not a personal attack because I don't know him personally, but I have no problem with him personally either. But you cannot go into the, the next season with him on this team and think, that you're going to do something of significance. This team, this organization has not won 50 games with all the talent that's passed through here from Jeff Malone, Bernard King, uh, Chris Webber, Jawan Howard, Antoine Jamison, Karan Butler, Gilbert Arenas, Bradley Beal, John Wall, George Mirasan. I mean, with all the talent that you've had passed through these doors, this team has not cracked 50 wins since the 70s. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. And Bradley Bill has got to be the start of that change. But to the Midnight Riders' point of what they would get back, I don't think a Chris Middleton, God, it's a go back on everything that I believe. I don't believe a Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris can help this team. I think that's just a lateral move. No, the, the, their help is getting, they're getting you out of this situation. Like you have to have some, a landing place, and that's all they are. Now, they could be part of one of those deals where you get them, and then the next thing you know, you buy them out, and they're they're a free agent. Um, you you can do any, a lot of things. You just – again, the key is just getting rid of Brad and okay. getting whatever you can get for him. But and this is the start of the build because then you also have Kuzma, who probably is opting out. So that's yeah. another one that you're going to miss. Um, and then Porzingis, even though Porzingis is back in the um, – he opted back in, but he can be a trade piece. And you don't know if that trade piece happens in the summer or if that trade piece happens in the season after he proves he can be healthy and um, play some games consistently. So this is just the beginning. This is like, you know, putting that first brick in the ground. Um, Bradley Bill is the cornerstone of the new building you're building. His move is. Here's something. I think getting out of this situation is one thing. I think they have to take on a George Allen, the future is now mentality. You have you to. You can't. I, I know you can't, you can't, but you it's not enough. Yeah, no bullets in the Wizards franchise's gun. They have they have no bullets. They don't even have they don't even have the box. They have to go to the store and get it. They have nothing. This is this is gonna be a team 
if you know, like the Midnight Rider took the words out of my mouth and I said at the last podcast, you're gonna see this might be a three, this might be a four team deal, and it might be a together trade, it might be separate where maybe Washington and and Miami do something, or Washington, Miami, and another team do something, or Washington does something first with another team, and it's like one of them scratch my back deals, get this, get this number off of us, release this guy. You can go where you want to go after that, blah, blah, blah. You're going to see – you're probably going to see some of that because, once again, for the third time in, what, the last seven seasons, Washington has to unload a massive contract. It was Otto Porter first. It was John Wall next. Everybody kept saying, oh, no one's going to take these contracts. I said, this is not 1990s NBA. This is not 1990s NBA. Somebody's going to take the contract because – the way these things work now is that, hey, I'll take this for you now. We got the cap room. You look out for me later. If you notice, Washington and Dallas have been doing business real nice the last 15 years or so. And it's one Jameson deal, you know, and it's another deal I'm missing. But there's a lot of deals where Washington and Dallas are kind of like buddy-buddy. The Dinwiddie but deal. The Dinwiddie deal. Uh, with 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 uh Mello with the uh, uh this is a different team but when Mello went to the Hawks, so they get cut him and, and absorb his salary. That's a that's a thank you you know handshake deal. So the, I know you're saying the future is now. All you can do is help hope that you can get some of the right core guys like 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 the Midnight Riders say this franchise has to be modernized. This this is a complete rebuild from this is this is cutting the ribbon outside. Capital One Arena hasn't been built yet. This is the smiles, the hard people with suits on, with hard hats that have to completely redo this thing to – it's like, do you want to win or not? Because this also proves a lot of kind of what I was saying. It's like for Ted Leonsis, this team has been a back burner issue for the last however many years. As long as they're competitive enough, we can sell bobbleheads and maybe make a run in the playoffs every now and again to get the fans excited. That's all I care about. But when you get tired of it, you get you, the, the fans get tired of it, and it starts hitting your pocket. And we're not coming to these games no more. We're not support. I didn't watch one Washington Wizards game all year. Like it's just not worth watching. So when when you start hitting the pocket, that's when that's when you'll see you might see a change. And we're seeing the change. That's all you can hope for. But the win right now mentality, it's just not going to happen. You, you you might get some pieces back. Like I said, you know, Midnight Rider says it's going to be Tobias Harris. It's going to be guys that do not want to be here at all. It's going to be guys that's probably going to get released uh, after they come here, after they serve whatever time they need to, you know, contractually to be here to, to be released. And then you're going to go with a bare bone squad. And you have to find guys that want to buy in to be a Washington Wizard. Like, do you want to and, – and, and this is no offense, Midnight Rider, but this is one of those things where – do you want to go to the to the Lakers? Do you want sloppy seconds? Or do you want to build your own? Because there's nothing here. There's nothing here besides, you know, the greats that were the, the West Senior and Phil Chenier and 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 and, and, and other I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm driving, so I can't think of all the 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 slash bullets and wizards grace has been in the past. But there is nothing here. There is no great legacy here of winning and three championships in a row. And dynasty, you, you never heard those words associated with this. So when I sit down and talk to these guys, if I'm a GM, do you want to build this with me? Or do you want to jump ship to LA? 
Do you want to play in everybody else's shadow in New York? That's how I'm presenting. Do you want your own? Do you want buildings in D.C. named after you? Do you want to be a a a a, a legend? And, and y'all know I I don't use those words. I don't just throw those words out there. Do you want to be a legend? Not only here, but you you're going to revamp a whole franchise, just like Steph Curry and Golden State. Nobody wanted to play in Golden State before them boys came out there. They had to, they kind of had the same. When, when was the last time Golden State won a championship before the first Steph, Steph championship? Wasn't it the seventies? I think it was. I believe it was the seventies. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they beat the Washington Bullets four zero. I want to say that was seventy. Same, same situation. Uh oh, I'm here. Now we, but here's a uh, here's a question for both of you gentlemen. Let's look three years out. Um, it was seventy five. I was a year old. I'm sorry. It was seventy five. They beat the Wizards in seventy five. Four. Um, two things. Before we look three years out, uh, boss, you said that. Dynasty was never used in this city for the Washington franchise, the basketball franchise. I think you would have to call them a dynasty of the 70s because they were perennial front runners in the 70s. They were in the in the finals almost every year. Didn't win a whole lot, but they were there. So I think you I think you got to give them a 70s dynasty, but after 79, that dynasty tag died. And I think that's why Wes was so loved inside that building for what he did his entire career on the floor. So I, I think yeah, that's what you can. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. Um, and before I lose signal again, because I, I can barely hear you guys, I'm hoping y'all can hear me now. But here's, here's, they're in the same situation as Golden State. They're in the same situation. You haven't won a title in 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 decade and decades. You're irrelevant. You're just a you're just a placeholder in the league. They delete if you didn't play a game, the league would not notice if the Wizards didn't play the game. We wouldn't notice. So now you have you're in this situation. If you had the right guys in place, they're already making the right move, and and you're in the same situation. Can you get guys here? You should be able to as the nation's capital, right? You would think so. But everybody has this thing where they want to go to L.A. and they want to go here and there, and it's kind of sickening. It's just so many followers. It's not a lot of leaders anymore. Right? That's a whole other story. But can you get guys here to buy in and want to redo this friend and want to be a part of this? Not And not a guy, not, and this is a shot at Bradley Bill, not a guy that wants to be here because it's comfortable. He knows that it's nothing expected of him here. He doesn't have to win. The owner loves him. You know, kind of, it's almost, like I said, it's almost like a Robert Griffin, Dan Snyder relationship. But except here, there is no playoff run. There is no uh, 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 division title banner being raised. There's nothing to show for this. So, um, it's, it's, like I said, I'm going to stop rambling. I'm happy the wheels are turning. That's all I can ask for. That's all I can ask for. Okay, quickly. Three years. Oh, I'm sorry, Midnight Rider. Go ahead. No, no, you're good because I was actually going to go straight into your thing. Yeah, three years. So so the way I see it, this is year one, you're you're losing or you move Bill. 
Um, more than likely, because Kuzma's going to want top dollar, you're going to be able to facilitate a move with somewhere that Kuzma wants to go to get something back for Kuzma. After you do that, you have Porzingis on a one-year deal where either mid-season you move him or you move him at the end of the year um, during the summertime. And that way, now you got two players that have created cap room and money for you to spend. Now you can spend on free agents and get players in here. And at the same time, you're going to have, so what, we're three, this is a three-year plan. So by that time, you're going to be coming up on extensions for the Johnny Davis, the Kisperts. Um, you're going to start shaping this franchise um, through those guys um, in terms of are you keeping them? Are you moving on from them? Because since Bill, I think the Wizards don't have a player that's got a second deal or a second contract here that they drafted. So that's that's scary in its own right. That shows you some of the flaws in the building process. Um, so, so that's where you get concerns. That's where I think the three-year plan comes in is you start freeing up some money, give yourself an opportunity, and then you start building a culture. Um, and then once you build a culture, then um, once you build it, they start coming in the doors. You know, you get the right player or two here. It's no telling, man. That's true. Uh, final question on this topic before we move across the country. If you had to rate this this franchise in DEFCON, DEFCON 5, normal, everything's fine, everything's copacetic. DEFCON 1, we are on the brink of nuclear war right now. Where would you rate this? Real quick, before I start driving again, here's the sad reality. In the the, the, before these guys got hired, they're at DEFCON 5. Everything's good. Ted Leonsis, everything's good. Normal with selling tickets. Bradley Bill, I said, you know, earlier in the show, hey, I'm going home. Yeah, we, we temp seed. I barely played, but I'm happy. I'm good. I'm content. The Wizards fan base is at DEFCON 1. The NBA, I think the NBA... I, and it would be interesting to know if the NBA, maybe, you know, Teddy, Ted, Teddy at the, the meet and sleep, and they kind of threw a paper at him like, "Hey, wake this, wake this franchise up!" Like, wait, you got to go do something now. Y'all, y'all are embarrassing. I think the league is at DefCon three with the Wizards. They don't really care about them. If they win, they win. But it's in their best interest if they are competitive. It's the nation's capital. You know, there's nothing to talk about with this franchise. I think the fans are at one. That's that's my that's my take. Damn. Um, I don't know if we shared pre-show notes or not, but um, I thought kind of sort of I'm in the same area. I think fans are at one or two. Um, I think they're at two. I don't think they're at one. Uh, I think there's there's a mixture that's um, kind of content with, with what's going on. They don't know what's next, and they're trying to figure it out and go along with it. Uh, again, I think Bradley Bill is the, the the person that holds the keys to all of that. Interesting that BJ said the NBA. Um, I think the NBA wants Washington to be good because Ted has a – Ted's business model as far as monumental sports and TV is going to become the linchpin because of all these places where these local regional contracts are failing – or these businesses are falling apart. Ted becomes the new model of how you 
present your product in going forward. So they definitely want Ted to be better. And they want they want them to start putting stuff together because you can't just be the linchpin for how we present our product. You also got to have a good product to present. So that's why I think that the NBA's at like maybe DEFCON 3, but they definitely are concerned. They want this to get better. Um, me personally, I'm at, I mean, because I'm not a fan, I think my, my level is in the middle. But I've noticed that, I mean, I wrote a I wrote an article on this um, many years ago for 106.7, trying to become like their beat writer or whatever it was. And the one thing that always astonished me was the number of, you talked about 50 win seasons. I'm looking at 48, but the number of 47 win seasons, like in the last 30 years since West Unsettled and Company, like not even 50, like 45. Like this team has a lot of playoff appearances with 40, 41 and 41 records. So that that standard has to become something that's not acceptable anymore. 41 and 41 is like the commander's equivalent of 10 and 6. No, 41 and 41 is the commander's equivalent of 8 and 8 and 7 and 9 and 9 and 7. That combination. Oh, so yeah, your, was... 40, your 46, 48 wins is your 10 and 6 season. Right. See, the reason why I say ten and six because it's always they're they're always they always come out the gate stumbling. They one and six, and then they reel off nine straight wins, or they they three and six, and they went all reel off seven straight wins. It's always something like that. And I feel that ten and six, and for most franchises, that's a winning season. For Washington, that is like so middle of the road mediocre. No. That's ten wins for this team is should be them celebrating and throwing a parade because I think the ten win barrier has only been broken maybe three or three times in the Dan Snyder era. Yeah, and see that that's where where my problem lies. I I, I talk about how we grew up. Right. We grew up winning. Ten ten and yeah, six was an off year. We didn't right, celebrate mediocrity like that. But we ain't there now. No, we're not, and that's the yeah. problem. We're a long way from Kansas. Everybody sees 10 and 6, 41 and 41, 42 and 40. Oh, man, we, yes, yes, we are on our way. You're on your way to go to fuck home because you're not doing nothing. But I digress. We've got a commander section. Moving across the country, the Las Vegas Knights in their fifth year, fifth year of existence, Bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. And they did it in epic fashion. Now, mind you, this is the team that lost to our Washington Capitals back in uh, 2018. In the Stanley Cup Finals, they won 9-3 over the Florida Panthers. And let let me clear something up before we we really dive into this. Uh, President Joe Biden released a tweet earlier. And he said, uh, congratulations to the Las Vegas Knights for being the first sports team to win a championship from Las Vegas. And I'm like, bro, the Aces just won like year before last. What are you talking about? You know, that was really celebrated. They had a big parade anyway. Becky Hammond just came over, got, you know, all the money. Come on, man. Please stop, stop, stop leaving the WNBA out of this, whose viewership is up. 29%. I voted for them. Oh, that's great. So now they got 12 viewers. 
<laughs> and what was that, B? I said you voted for him. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. Why are you throwing me under the bus? I ain't vote for nobody. I ain't voted for nobody since I voted for you. Uh, <laughs> but um, here's a question. People say the NHL playoffs are the best in the business. Agree or disagree? Ooh, ooh, can I take it? Ooh, can I take this? Ooh, ooh. Just really quick, really quick. No, I have to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of these people. I, I can't watch a major league baseball game. Not, not all. I've, I've always been like that. I can watch some. I can't watch all. I cannot watch. I'm not even gonna sit here. I cannot watch an NHL game, a regular season NHL game. I would rather jump in the river. Okay, I don't know what it is about the NHL playoffs. The the intensity. The I don't know if it's the crowd. I just the whole vibe, and it's the same thing with Major League Baseball. It's the same thing when the playoffs is happening. It's like, it's like, it's like this electricity in the air. You know, when them when you when them goals hit, it's different. When that home run hit, is different in the playoffs. I don't know why it is. It's always been like that. When I heard when I saw that topic earlier in our chat, I said, "Huh." I kind of always felt like that. I don't know why it is. Don't know why it is. It's, it's we all know that from each league it doesn't matter what league it is when you go to the playoffs it's a different game you can get you know you you know and the basketball is i know it's more intense but i don't know why the fan experience changed i don't know if you could feel that intensity in the tv why does the fan experience change i'm gonna let y'all go because i am going into rural bubble fuck so i'm gonna let y'all go ahead and have it so i mean he kind of just said it it's it's, so I'll never forget, um, by hook or crook, I was going to game five against the Cardinals in 2012. Um, I was going to donate blood, whatever. Once I knew game five was happening, like, yeah. And the energy in the building is electric the second you walk in. Um, it's something about the playoffs. I think it's the finality of it because you've played all these games. Now your season lies in – this five game series, this seven game series, like, what are you going to do? Like, what, how, how are you going to respond? Because almost every pitch determines the outcome. And in hockey, it's like every play. And I watched the, the, um, the game set I me in the game. What was it? Game five. Um, I watched the second period and like the way the crowd is energized. And I think that's the beauty of hockey is because well, hockey is 20,000 to about 25,000 fans. They're all tight-knit in, in this building. So the sound can't go anywhere. It's not like a football stadium. That sound stays on top of you. But a lot of these teams have built up um, a regimen in terms of the cheers, the chants, and the fans have run with it. And I think they've made taken ownership of that. And so these little things um, happen, like this Rock the Red and like the, the chants, the horn, um, you know that horn that that then the let's go caps, all that stuff, it builds into the thing and it's there, it's right there. Like you can cut the tension with a knife because it's sitting right on top of you. And like every 
I'm, I swear, when the puck just goes past the thing, I mean, in the regular season, it's like, oh. But in, in like, the playoffs, it's like, oh. And, like, the whole you, – you, and you hear the crescendo, the, the sound crescendo throughout the building. So it's, 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 it's what it is. It's the intensity of it. Um, and then especially when you get into overtime because it's, it's, it's the first goal. It's sudden death. I really didn't understand why the NFL doesn't embrace sudden death, but it's 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 the key to it all. It makes it that much better. One thing I have to say about you, I'm glad the NFL does not embrace sudden death because I prefer the college overtime. They should. Oh Jesus, no! I love college overtime. Oh God! They should. Let's go. They should. If the guy that invented college overtime was sitting on the um, cliff, I'd be the person kicking him off the cliff. Sorry, just just doesn't make sense to me, man. I want football. I've seen seen some seven overtime games, thrillers that were great. Then you get that's the last time, and that's the last time college overtime was great. Was with those. This new, the new, the last five years version, eh? Well, college football, the last five years, eh? But I, 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 I love what you say about play the playoff atmosphere. Certain cities, they have that it factor. I think, dare I say, it, DC, when you had Jamison Butler arenas here, those playoff atmospheres, it's like. With every basket, it's first quarter. The whole crowd's living and dying with each basket, each miss. Uh, I gotta disagree with you on that because that those tickets are still available um, during right before the game and until it gets to a point where you can't get them tickets like the caps. I can't get a risk of that. You can't get the caps ticket. You can't even you can barely get caps regular season tickets. That's true. You can't, you can't, you can't put them on the same level. We we don't even have to leave the town; just stay right here. If your your playoff tickets are still available during the day of the game, you're trying to get rid of them. Yeah, you got a problem. I'll agree with that. However, like look at Miami. Miami can sell out an arena during playoff. This is the height of the heels, but those people didn't show up until like. Middle of the second quarter, almost halftime. But they're they're known that's basketball, and that see that's the thing. I'm not, I guess, because I'm not that tight. Especially if I get the opportunity to go to a playoff game, I'm not showing up. I I shoot. We've been to preseason games, and and, and B, you can attest to this. We've been to preseason games that didn't start till seven. We was pulling up to the stadium at five forty-five. We was we was walking up at five forty five ready human we're different type of fans we're, we're different type of fans you can't you can't categorize everybody on your fan level because we want to experience the pregame activity we want to see we want to meddle around we want to you know see the, the tailgating and people acting the fool we want to see all of that you know we want to get our food and eat it before we get to our seats so we're not in these small seats made for. Uh, people that are 130 pounds eating food and trying to hold this, that, and the other. We've been to these games. We plan, you know, we're every fan, just like every player's not on the same level. All fans aren't created equal either. Some fans want to get there. They want to see a quarter or two. That's good enough for them. I'm gone. 
I want to beat the traffic. Me and you, and it, it, we are not like that. I want to stay. I want to get my full experience. I'm leaving with the traffic, blowing my horn, trying to get out the whole nine yards. That's what I want. Yeah, I don't. But I don't subscribe to the Steve Zabin ALE. Uh, always leave early philosophy. That's not no. I, I I don't leave the stadium until security be like, all right, time to go. And I tell them, hold on, give me one second. Let me take a little bit more of this in, and I'm gone. Oh, take your time. I take a little bit in, and I'm gone. But that's just me. And the thing is, that's not fandom. That's what is fan short for? Fanatic. And that's what you. When it comes to playoff atmosphere. That's when the fanatic has to come out, not the, oh, this is just a preseason game or this is just a regular old regular season game in the beginning of the season. This is nothing. No, when you go into any arena, stadium, what have you, for playoff basketball, football, hockey, it's got to be off the charts. Like, I would, early 2000s, Sacramento Kings, you would be deaf out there. Yes, sir. Quick update. Anthony Dunn got hit on the hand by a pitch. Let's go ahead and put him on the DL now because it's going to happen. Um, my guy, he just can't stay healthy, even when he was at Rice. Um, he's actually staying in the ballgame. I'm shocked, but we'll see. I'm waiting for the 10-day DL stint to start up. So go ahead. That, that was just my reaction because I'm watching the game as we were talking. I got you. But – Hockey playoffs, I think hockey playoffs rank up there with NBA playoffs. I think that's that's one and one A. And then it's NHL. I mean, I'm sorry, then it's uh it's uh NFL. And I think MLB is right close behind it. I'm I'm just I'm being honest, but that atmosphere, I don't know if I, I can't say that hockey has the best, but they damn close. Hockey is either hockey or baseball. Because the baseball game, we stood the first three innings of game of that game five. Like we were in. I mean, I I, I think we lost our voices. Um, yeah, that 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 experience was is probably my, one of my top experiences as, as a fan. Was that game five? That do or die? Even though I left with my heart in my hand, um, using the defibrillator to bring it back to life. Um, still, it was just, yeah, it was a great experience all around. And that's, that's saying a lot because I was sitting here thinking while y'all are speaking, and like for baseball and hockey, and I agree, they, I think they're two of the best playoff atmospheres, even at home. But for for baseball to be close to hockey says a lot because I think I would give the notch to NHL because there's consistent moving. It's the clatter of the boards. It's the puck. It's the oohs and the ahs when people get hit. It's the the puck hitting the uh, boards, the glass going around. It's you know, it's that whole nine yards. It's the shoot rebound. You know, it's it's all of that. You get all of that jam packed, and it's like sitting here thinking about it. The opportunities in the NHL playoffs aren't as frequent as the regular season, if that makes sense. The the the, the opportunities shrink so now when you get these opportunities you're starving for them and, and just same in baseball i think it's i think it's the same in baseball now i let midnight rider answer that one but i think your opportunities shrink and when you get that that hit you get that 
uh, it, it's it's like an eruption. I just like the 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 last time the Orioles made the playoffs. I forgot who hit the 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 double. I forgot. Ah, I can't think of names right now. I got to look at the road and the speed. I'm gonna apologize. I think this is 2012. The Orioles playoffs. If you if you if you go back to that, just the comments on that, people were saying you could hear that eruption all around downtown Baltimore. Like you, you're not. You, you get that in the NBA sometimes, but for whatever reason, the, the, the Major League Baseball and the NHL they got them beat. They need to go take notes. They need to go sit down and figure out what it is they're doing. It. They can. When you're in the game, you're you're losing your voice. You you're sweating, and then when you're sitting at home, you're almost doing the same thing. You're standing up. You don't walk the hole in the rug, and it's just like I'm not doing that with the NBA playoffs. It's just not. Ah, I don't know. Well, I, I think I think it's more. I'm not doing that with the NBA playoffs anymore. I think that's what it is. Because at one point in time, I think we did that with the NBA playoffs. I know I have. Uh, Ninety-eight Eastern Conference Finals, Bulls versus Pacers. That whole entire series is where I started probably going great. Because I was like, I don't know we. Reggie Miller can't stop him. Mark Jackson, that damn teardrop can't stop him. What are we gonna do? So I think I think I walked a hole in my uncle's floor for one game, and then I walked a hole at home for the rest of the series. And he 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 was on me. He was like, "You got to calm down, boy. You're gonna have a heart attack." I was like, "Well, yeah, just have nine one one on standby because we lose this. I'm gonna be on suicide watch." <laughs> but viewership. Where were the viewers for games as good as the NHL playoffs is, was, and has been? Where were the viewers at? Game five was the least watched game five in 29 years. They only drew a 1.4 rating in the Nielsen. 2.72 million viewers across two different channels, TNT and True TV. Where were the viewers at? Or is it? Two-part question. Where were the viewers? And would it have been more if it would have been not on cable, but more accessible, like on a NBC, CBS, or ABC, something like that? Hockey has an image issue. Um, from the standpoint of so the best player in hockey is Connor, I think his name is. It's not Conor McGregor, but it's Conor something. I forget. I get. I can't get the last name um, off the top of my head right now. And that's the that's part of the problem right there. Part two of the problem is you probably don't remember seeing the last outside of like a cat, like on a national TV show. What's the last hockey player you've seen in a commercial? Hockey does maybe, and that's a maybe. Yeah, like, not, we, in that, we in that region, so we'll see Guinea Malk and Sidney Crosby and stuff like that because we're in that region, so I get it. So, so it's the problem with hockey is hockey hasn't given fans full access to its product and to its players, and its players have to be out in front. They have to, you have to, like, I give hockey all the credit in the world. This year's coverage between I think it's ESPN and TBS has been the best coverage they've ever done, and the other thing they've done is. They started, they started changing the color of the TV set. And what I mean by that is it's a couple more brothers 
like Anson Carter and Subban that are that are in the commentary. So now you're starting to get that element. I think ESPN has to change from Barry Morrow's. Um, I think he has to go, and I think they have to come in with somebody younger. You have to like you have to start building the bridges to the next parts of this. Um, and I say that out of the fact that sometimes you got to see a face that's familiar to you before you start engaging in certain stuff. And then hockey also has to do a better job of branding its product even better. I mean, NHL hockey for me, the, the video game used to be an automatic buy. But you don't see the commercials for it like you do MLB The Show. You don't see the commercials for it like you see Madden. You don't see commercials for it like you see 2K. Like hockey has to start investing in its image being pushed out there to fans and making it easier for its fans. And I, I even posed a question. I, mean, I think you saw it, but I posed a question to, to my guys that, that know hockey. Like, is hockey's image a problem because the fans don't embrace new fans like other sports do? Like, that's part of the, the, is, the issue, probably. You know, I know when the Caps won, there's a bunch of people like, oh, where were you when, when, when Joey Juno was here? Where were you during? Like, dog, don't matter where they were. They're here now. Let's all celebrate this. But it's it's always like that. But nah, hockey fans are different, man. They they're very venomous when it comes to their game and like newcomers coming in. They don't embrace well. And I think that's where you're at right now. And then the other part is the lower levels, you know, kids, hockey's an expensive game. Yeah. You know, you're not you don't have too many kids walking around in hockey gear. And it stinks too. So you know, moms. After one or two seasons, if baby boy ain't good, we getting out of that hockey gear. You gotta try something else. So, but that that brings to the final question: What can you do to to grow the game? I think I personally would love to see. I know the Caps do it here with their um their rink, but I, you got to start engaging the kids at an early age. You know, having these kids come out to um, the places in Boston and, you know, letting them skate a night or two. You know, there's hockey teams in the, in the area. You start embracing them and letting them get access to the kids. And, you know, I'm going to let the kids get access to the players. You know, have a night where, um, you know, Alex Ovechkin's um, hosting the night at at the um, ice rink in Boston. I'll just keep calling it that. Um, and, and the little oh, league team. Uh, Kettler. Yeah, Kettler. Um, you, you're letting all the little league kid, kid teams come out and they play in the tournament that weekend. But a Vetskin's like they're like the MC or the grand marshal or whatever you want to call it for that weekend or for that day. And then you have other guys come in and you just keep like you got to keep engaging the kids because the kids come come up and then they're going to remember that day that they got a puck from Ovechkin. Um, who was it? Um, one of the guys that used to be on the radio, he was like, he used to. Every game, before every game, he would find a fan, a kid, and he'd give them a puck. Like he made sure at least one one game every time he played, one kid walked away with a hockey puck. That changes the fan experience, and like that's something that they have to engage is engaging the fans and getting them there. And then I think you're starting to see an evolution because you're starting to see a lot of younger brothers come along. And play hockey, so that's the other thing that's going to help. And Miss, go ahead, B. I, 
comment from Miss Jackie. What's one thing that in the NHL, the NBA, and kind of the NFL have in common? They almost all run concurrently. The NFL, the NHL is never going to be out the NFL. The NBA is never going to be out the NFL in ratings. And the NBA is 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 the NFL. I'm sorry. The NHL is already behind on those two. There. The second thing is ticket prices. The ticket prices for an NHL game. You want to go to a Caps game, baby? You better have the deed to your house versus going to a Wizards game. You better have the deed to your house ready, and you better be coming in here in a Mercedes or something because you're not getting in here. We don't do poor people. I think that's and, and and if you go another level now, when we go outside, I know this is I don't want to turn this into a race thing, but when we go outside, we don't see we don't have hockey rinks everywhere. We have basketball courts, there's football fields, even you know, the football fields that are our dual baseball fields. We have access to all of that. I think access to that is a problem and is and it's not expanding the fan base. But with that said, with that said, what do we just say? The NHL games, playoff games are sold out, baby. So how much of a problem is it? What do they need to expand? They know they're not going to beat the NFL. You're not going to change the season around. I think the Winter Classic is golden. I think that is absolutely golden. That is a that's a piece of artwork. But it's like, you know, you do a couple more things. But it's like those things, that's like, roadblocks that they're not going to you just can't go out and build an ice rink it's not going to happen you know you just can't go out and build an ice rink you can build a basketball court you can throw some stuff together and build a basketball court you can buy a $10 basketball a $10 football you buy a, a hockey puck you need a stick you need skates you need a whole a host of gear I can play basketball in my Crocs I can play football in my Crocs you can't do that with hockey now now, if you want to introduce a, 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 a twist to the game and do it on a field with sticks, you can. You know, to to, to kind of like – and I, I know it's field hockey and, and different things, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like an NHL-style urban game where you'd be like, hey, this is what we do. Come play. We'll have a little lead, blah, blah, blah. Get y'all acclimated with the game, and then we'll figure out how to get – ice to y'all or something like that i mean that's i, I don't know how I, I don't know how they expand again i don't know if they want to expand again we talked on the last podcast about the 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 leagues being too accessible for social media and social media being somewhat of a problem for these players so it's just like how much do you want to you know go down a rabbit hole of digging out nhl things i don't i don't know uh Miss Jackie says we have a great atmosphere when it comes to games. And if she's talking about D.C., yeah, D.C. does have a great atmosphere when it comes to games. Maryland does, too. I think the area period has a great atmosphere at every level. Uh, here's the thing. Growing the game, I think if you notice, nobody plays outside anymore. Being You and I were talking about this earlier this week. Nobody plays outside. You got empty basketball courts. Uh, nobody plays in the street anymore. You don't have street football anymore. You don't have street hockey. You know, I remember kids used to play street hockey. Nobody does that anymore. Like, I'm I'm wondering, in P classes in elementary school, do y'all still play hockey? 
Because we played that every year. We played that for at least a month. As well as baseball. As well as uh, 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 football and basketball. We played all the four major sports. All year round. You know? And I'm like, do the kids still get that type of experience where they get the fundamentals? You know, in the PE classes, in, 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 in elementary school. Or is it just, you know, is it like PE just free time now? Go play on your phone or your tablet or go to the computer lab. Is, is that what it is now? I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering, a little lost. Well, you, I mean, we talked about it before. There's some places that have canceled PE, like playing games during, um, during um, recess. Because the kids were getting into fights and things of that nature because of the trash talk. So I mean, it's it's a different generation, man. It's it's our our days of of the way we play ball and the way we um, learn the game and and participate in the game is is gone, man. I, I'm gonna tell you this, and I, I we talked about it before, and I understand that. I'm gonna say this: when we were growing up, and I say we because we're all in the same generation. Elementary school, you pick players. You know, everybody couldn't be Michael Jordan. Everybody couldn't be Scottie Pippen. I was always Magic Johnson. Buddy of mine was Clyde Drexler. Some people were Terry Porter. You picked who you wanted to be, and you went out and you played. Now it's like, I, I, I guess it starts at the, at the bottom. We learned our fundamentals in elementary school. So we learned the, ho- the, the hockey fundamentals. Like, I fell in love with goalie play when I was in the fourth grade. Like, everybody has their favorite players. But when it comes to hockey, my top three players that are my favorites are all goalies. I love goalie play. That's just me. Hold on, who's your three goalies? I'm, I'm curious on this one. My favorite three go- goalies? Yeah. Only the goalie. Okay. Ole Patrick Wah. Okay. Who's my third? Damn, I can't remember who the hell my third was. Devils. Damn, who the hell was my third? It's probably the guy from the Devils. I can't think of his name right now. Brodor. Yeah. Avalanche. Yeah. All right. But Just when it when it comes to me watching hockey, I'm always watching a goalie, especially a goalie that's stoning people away. When you able to get 30, 40 shots on goal, he done stoned you away and shut you out. I love it. I love it. Uh Miss Jackie says uh the difference with the different leagues is they actually want to win. It's no buddy-buddy when it comes to players and the front office. It's a business first, friendship later. And NHL, MLB wants to win and bring home trophies. Well, NHL only get to bring home the trophy for a year, and then they got to go back, and somebody else got to win it. That experience alone is is, is, is unique and dynamic because you actually get a day with the cup. Um. And, and you do whatever you want with the cup. I mean, there's some stipulations and things you can't do with the cup, but did yeah. you know the NBA used to have that too? Didn't. The, before it was the Larry O'Brien trophy. It was the Walter A. Brown trophy, and it was a cup. 
and they gave it back every year. You just, you had a plaque with your team name on it, the players, and they gave it back every year. And it was just like the Stanley Cup. So the Celtics, of course, the Celtics won the, the Walter Brown Trophy, what, eight times? I mean, well, eight times in a row. 11 total. They they gave it up one time in 58 to the Hawks. <laughs> and then they held it for the rest of the decade. So it's crazy. But only way NHL is going to get out of this rut, number one, I, I know B said he didn't want to make it a race issue, but you got to address the elephant in the room. Yes, more black players in the league now, more players of color, because not just black. Some of them are black Canadian. Some of them are uh, of other descent. But you got to cater to them too. And you say get rid of Barry Melrose on ESPN. NHL tonight is a staple. I mean, pretty soon it's going to get to the point where Barry Melrose has to retire. I love uh, I love Alan May. I used to love him on 980. You know, my man Violence. I love him. But pretty soon, you got to get the old guard out. It's the same thing with every other sports league. The old guard has to go. You got to bring new guys in. So, but that you have to cater to another demographic in order to move forward. So, speaking of moving forward, last topic of the night, we are commanders. Bum, bada, bum, 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 bum. Nah, I wouldn't do that to you. I knew we was hand up. Who are we? The commanders. Ah, oh, man, they got rankings. The O-line is ranked 27th. Uh, the QB is possibly ranked 28th and the coach 19th. Uh, thoughts on that, gentlemen? Well, I just think it's it's showing you where the uncertainty lies. I don't think the defensive line is going to have an issue getting ranked in the top 10, probably in the top five. You know, the, the questions that they didn't really cater to were the quarterback and the offensive line. The quarterback is a big unknown. Probably one of the biggest unknowns you can have. So that's just one of those things um, is what, what is he? What can he be? What can his offense be? And then the offensive line just – you didn't bring in a blue-chip player to solidify anything. You brought in a guy that wasn't a great right tackle. And then you move four other pieces around, so now it's just it's a it's a it's a um it's a hogposh thing put together. It's it's I don't know I don't know if there's any certainty in what's going on. It's a bunch of question marks. So they don't deserve to be any higher. They're ranked accurately. The problem is, will that be a thing that stifles this team going forward into the season? And then the coach being 19th, I think that's adequate because. Being 19th is like being seven and nine or eight and eight. And that's what he is. Middle of the fucking pack. I'll tell you one thing. And we say it over and over and over again on this podcast. And everybody else says it. If that ranking stays the way it is, you'll be looking at another losing season. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to run the ball. You're not going to pass the ball. You're not going to have any type of offensive success when you're at the bottom of the pack 
when you're all offensive line wise. Um, hopefully they can get it together and, you know, find some rhythm and, you know, get out of the twenties offensive line pay play. You are not going to win in this league with a, a, a bottom mediocre, bad offensive line. It's just not going to happen. You can, you can win with a bad defensive line. You, you can't control your offensive side of the ball. You're, you're goner. It is, it's not, it's not even enough for debate. You're goner. There's nothing you can do. You, if you can't stop them boys from coming to get you, you can't stop Micah Parsons playing him twice a year. You can't stop the Eagles. You can't stop the Giants rush. You're done. It ain't. You don't even have to worry about um, the playoffs. You need to worry about what quarterback, what emergency quarterback you're having because you're gonna go through quarterbacks again. That's that's where you're at. Like it can't stay that way. They have to figure out a way to get this unit cohesive. And to a point where they know what their strengths are. If they're run blocking offensive line, cool. If they're pass blocking offensive line, cool. You, you know, sometimes you can't be both. Sometimes you don't have uh, everything. You can't, you know, you, you just got to figure out your niche. Once you figure out your niche, run with it. But they got to fix that. They got to get fixed. Here's something. I'm totally on the other end of the spectrum. I like the rankings. Because no, we're not going to be on anybody's mind. We're not going to be on anybody's mind until about week six. And we're five and one. Nah, and then I don't every- agree with that. I don't agree with that. You're <laughs> going to be on a, You're going to be on everybody's mind because they're going to be like, we should have five or six sacks today. They, the other defensive lines are going to be betting with each other. Like, I guarantee I get three today. Yeah. Whoever they got on the right tackle. Whoever they got hit cannot guard me. I'm getting three today. I, I just I don't think I don't think they're flying under the radar with a bad offensive line. I think if you're a good defensive coordinator and you're playing the commanders, I'm attacking until you show me you can stop it. You can't stop it. It's gonna come the rest of the game. And that's that's my thing though. When I say fly, I'm I'm talking about if people look at the schedule, they're like, huh, dub. And it it's it's no nothing. We we just know it's a dub. Oh, I'm gonna have three sacks today with shoot. You had three sacks. I'm going to have at least two interceptions and one for a touchdown. That's what they're going to be saying. And all of a sudden, you know, they the big, bad gorilla. How you beat a gorilla? You punch him in the goddamn mouth. We, we, we come in, we punch him in the fucking mouth, and those mistakes that have happened the last three to four seasons where we don't prep really well, we don't make adjustments, all that stuff changes. Because we're flying, we, we're putting in the work. And from what I'm hearing from camp is not only is Howell looking good and putting in the work, he's doing a film study. He's doing everything that he should be doing to be a serviceable game manager. Because that's all he can be right now. I'm not going to say he's going to be the star and he's Tom Brady in disguise and all. I'm not saying none of that. But for him to put in the work to be a serviceable game manager, Basically, go into the game, don't screw the pooch. Be Trent Dilfer. He's doing those things. And that's not a problem. I'm okay with that. Because that quarterback pool that everybody wanted us to take a dip in, it's that big blue cloud. And you know what that big blue cloud represents? Piss. It's piss in the pool. I don't know who the hell, you know, we could have gotten, but 
would it have been an upgrade over uh Carson Wentz? Sure, sure. But I just I'm good with these rankings because I want everybody to look past us to the next game and I want to come in and I want to punch everybody in the goddamn mouth. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. What the fuck am I saying I'm sorry for? Because I'm not sorry. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do every season. I want this defense to lead and be the backbone of this team winning 13 games for a change. Just my thoughts. No, I think this is the this is the right team to have with the situation that you have um, underlying the whole thing. The underlying thing is you have a new owner coming in. Uh, hopefully he starts August 1st or whatever it is, um, and then you start rolling because there's no need to make an investment in quarterback of any significant nature because that might not be the quarterback they want going forward. Um, you know the front office is going to change. I don't care what they say. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if conversations haven't already been had or, you know, it's been intimated around that, hey, the way your front office is set up is, is doesn't work for us. Um, you having all this power isn't going to work for us. Um, you can keep your power this year, but going forward, we're going to change these dynamics up. This, this has to be and look like what normal organizations do. So that becomes a thing. So this, what they have in place to a certain extent is, is enough to bridge the gap between old ownership and moving forward in the new ownership. Don't get me started on the front office shakeup that's coming. My only concern with that is that there's no pushback. I mean, there's no pushback. If they take and reshuffle the, the front office, now, you love to say we don't have a GM. We don't. What is Martin Mayhew if he's not the GM? Isn't that his title? Who has the, who has the last decision? Who's president of football? Herney. President of football? Hold on. What is what is Herney? What is Marty Herney? Herney is like his sidekick. Ron Rivera runs everything. Ron Rivera is the the decision make the key the 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 key that starts the car. <laughs> He is the stir, the, the straw that stirs the drink. Right. Uh, Martin Mayhew, President Jason Wright, that's non-football side. General Manager Martin Mayhew, Executive Vice President of Football Player Personnel is Marty Herney. Okay. Whoopee. They got to go. He wanna, we want a real structure where this isn't coach-centric. This is GM-centric. We're running out of plan. And we're sticking to the plan. What's the plan been the last four years? It's changed. It changes every year. We have right. no continuity. We have no identity. Right. So that's why, that's why, hey, it's been real. Give him the butt pad. Hey, it's been real. Nice knowing you. And, and see, here's my thing. This is what, this is where I have the problem at. It's great to say, you know, in principle, yeah, all right. Look, we're just going to take this out your hands. We're going to do this. Now, this roster has been shaped and molded. You have, for the first time since, dare I say it, the posse, you got three receivers that are pretty damn devastating. For the first time, even though you'll disagree, since 
Alfred Morris, and before that, Stephen Davis. You got a, a, a punishing running back that can go for 1,200 yards. But you you, you got a, a, a possible three-headed monster at running back, which is something we haven't had. We got depth. Okay? On the defensive side, we have a defensive line that's always, you know, touted. And, oh, you got four first-round picks. They got to play together first. But they got a lot of talent on the defense. It's been a long time that all the almost all of the major holes have been filled. And here we are. Okay, we kind of sort of got a question mark at at at, at uh at quarterback. And I, I really want to see when Howell gets out there, whether he's up, whether he's down, whether he's in the middle. All those people that was calling for him to play early in the season last season, when he should have been carrying a clipboard in the first place. If he plays bad. I don't want to hear your fucking mouth, okay? I don't want to hear your mouth at all if he plays bad because you call for him. I'm hoping the kid is great, but I don't want to hear your mouth if he plays bad. Shut up. We got a question mark at offensive line because you really don't know what you have right now, and you're not going to know what that offensive line unit is going to look like until they get out there and they actually play. You got to see them together before you can give them a grade. That's why I don't care about these rankings, these grades, because you haven't seen them together with live bullets yet. It's a totally different thing. What was the ranking last year? I think, it was, I think it was bottom of the barrel, too. Uh, okay. I mean, all I'm going to say is, you know, I know that they're, what you got in the backfield, what you got at receiver, it's not going to matter. If Sam, if Sam Howell's on his back looking at the sky and numbers are numbers and numbers don't lie. Bottom of the barrel offensive line runs like a bottom of the barrel offensive line. And it's hard to produce any offense if that it don't matter who you got to receive. You can bring Randy Moss back. You can have Randy Moss and Chris, you had a, the, the Randy Moss and, and you can go get uh, Art Monk in his prime. It don't matter. If you, if you don't have time to throw the ball, you don't have the holes open to run the ball. These we we've seen this. We've seen these receivers together. You know, the, to last year we seen how good Terry is. It don't matter. You know, if one if you you're not getting the blocking, and then two if your receiver, I mean your quarterback doesn't know where to throw the ball. We've seen this from the Commanders. So that's why I'm, you know when I hear the big guy KG talking, they you know hopefully you know they fly under the radar. I, if I'm look, I'm y'all know I, I root for both. I don't want to fly on the radio under the radar. I want you to know we're coming in your stadium. We're gonna punch you in the fucking mouth. That's what I want you to know coming in. That's what I want you to know. That's what the Bengals are gonna do. That's what the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna do. That's what the Eagles are gonna do. I don't want to fly under the radar. I want you to know when I leave here, it might be with your wife. That's what. That's that. I want to prove a point coming in. I don't want to be flying under the radar or none of this. And I, and I know how the big guy feels about his team, but it is what it is. This We'll, we'll get more in the commanders. I don't want to give all the way, you know, all of my – what I'm thinking about the commanders right now. But that I'm, – I'm telling you, everything that this team needs going forward and to be successful in this particular vi- division, 
that rushes the passer very well. They need that offensive line to be at least 20, 19, something, and it's, they're going to get they're going to get manhandled there. Like that Philadelphia and that Dallas rush is not a game. It's, 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 it's you know, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, I, Buffalo has some of the same issues. They don't have a good offensive line. I think, you know, I think their numbers are inflated because of what Josh Allen does. But if I had to give them a personal ranking, they're like twenty, like a twenty second offensive line. You go put Sam Howell behind that offensive line. He'd probably be missing an arm at the end of the game. <laughs> just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is this time of year is always unbridled optimism. I'm trying to hedge my bet. I'm not trying to go too far over. I'm not trying to be too excited. I'm just saying. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I I can't because no matter how I say it, I'm going to say I'm going to sound like I'm one of these over-the-top fans and I'm saying that dumbass shit that we go into the Super Bowl every damn year. I'm going to sound like a Dallas fan, but I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care if they look passes on the schedule. All I want is wins. If that shit translates to wins, I don't give a damn. That rankings means nothing. Preseason rankings and rankings before training camp, before final cutdown. If we ain't played with live bullets, that shit don't mean nothing. It means absolutely dick. I'm sorry. It does not matter to me. Because you know what? If we went off potential like that in the preseason, whenever I used to get those damn sports illustrators with the whole preseason schedule and all the rankings in, oh, this team's an A minus, this team's an A, a B, this team's a D. The teams that they rated as a D were playoff teams. The teams that they rated was A's. They were the teams that never made the fucking playoffs in the 90s. You know, I know how I know because Washington always got a fucking A or A minus. That means nothing. Grading draft classes. Oh, this draft class for Washington was tops. They get this on a report card. It means nothing if it don't translate into wins. So all these rankings and all this stuff you're coming up with, I don't. It does not bother me. Yeah, that's great. Give you something to do in the offseason. Great. Means nothing to me. If it does not translate to wins. Let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. I don't even know how to follow that. I think that's the one you got to let sit. It, 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 it's, it's time to wrap it up. Um, Final thoughts. Um, I do have a couple of conversations because we talked about race and hockey. So I'm trying to secure um, two guests to try to have that conversation the only way we can, because we'll have it responsibly. Um, so that's, that's something I got coming up. Okay. I don't know exactly, I got, we got to get dates and availability, but that's definitely gonna be a conversation. Okay. Um, uh- Two things. Speaking of guests coming up, uh, hopefully before the regular season starts, I, I'm going to send out the message. But before the NFL regular season start, hopefully we can get uh, DJ Woody Oh Goody on the show because I, I would, I really, I, I got questions that need answering. And plus, he's a diehard Commanders fan, so 
I need to see how he feels about this team, but he also has a new song for the team that's going to drop in a, uh, in a couple of weeks. So that's definitely a, a get. And also, I tell you off air, but I'm trying to work on something. Just trying to figure out how to go about doing it, but I think I'm going to work on something. So when we start talking about Wizards, I got I got somebody in mind that I really want to hear from. So, okay. But uh, second thing, here's an idea. And remember, you heard it here first. What if Magic Johnson did a podcast where he did nothing but tell stories? Stories from the beginning of his career all the way up until now. Because I think Magic Johnson, I've said this before, Magic Johnson has to be one of the greatest NBA storytellers. He has to be. Bill Russell was another one. Uh, I think Shaq's a great storyteller. Isaiah Thomas is damn sure a great storyteller. But imagine just having a podcast where you just got nothing but these guys telling stories. Stories you've never heard before. None of the ones you've heard before, but stories you've never heard before. Behind the scenes shit. We'll see. I would love, what I would love to do, I would love to get Magic Johnson and Larry Bird in a room. No time limit, no nothing. Good food, whatever they want to drink. And I just want to sit there and listen. I, that's all I want to do. I just want to sit there and listen. Like, that's my one of my ultimate dreams. Just to sit there and listen. But let's make it happen. <sighs> I think I got magic and speed dial. Look, <laughs> you may be coming to DC, but I don't know if I got that much pool. But I, you know. You, you you never never underestimate how Twitter works, so you got uh, it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we have come to the end of the show. Uh, it's time for us to go home. Thank you for joining us. Be back hopefully on Saturday with the WrestleManiacs. Not sure what the schedule is gonna look like just yet. Uh, gotta talk with the faculty, see if we're coming back on Sunday, or we're gonna observe Father's Day and spend time with our children. Don't know yet. Uh, oh, we might make the kids do the daggone show. <laughs> that now that's right there is good. But uh, until next time, for the boss BJ who had to jump, that's the Midnight Rider. I'm the big guy KG. Always remember our motto, baby. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. <laughs>